Well, a very warm welcome, well we are, by a fireplace to Happy Times and Places, in which I, Toby Haydoke, get a special guest to choose a Doctor Who story and to, in secret, nominate their favourite things about it. I have to then watch, commentate along and try to guess what those favourite things are. My name's Catherine, Catherine Mather. Um, I am a stand-up comedian, uh, and I'm delighted to be doing this podcast uh, with Toby. Um, so my uh, my choice of Doctor Who episode is the Girl in the Fireplace, classic David Tennant uh, Doctor Who. Um, I love it. It's one of my favourites. Uh, it, I mean, it's got everything, hasn't it? It's got the past, it's got the future, and uh, I suppose the present as well. Well, welcome everybody to Happy Times and Places, uh, a rare foray into New Who. I'd very much like to do more, but it seems to me that a great many of my friends are ancient people who like old things, uh, or... Uh, yeah, I think that might be it. Uh, I think there's also, I don't know, I, th- I think perhaps I'm drawn to when I choose which ones to do, to do the ones that I, uh, you know, I've been studying all my life. And uh, of course, I've had less time to study the new series because it's newer and because uh, I wasn't, when they were on, I wasn't an aimless youth who could just soak in information about Doctor Who. So with the old uh, Who's, I can f- fall back on a fact. I can tell you if, you know, the second guard uh, once went to a Jerry and the Pacemakers concert. Whereas uh, uh, with these, not so much. Uh, so I'm going to have to find another way to fill the time. But um, I'm delighted that Catherine uh, has has come on board. Catherine is a fine comic uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad she's chosen an episode that I quite liked at the time. And then quickly, I'm talking first viewing, and then quickly became an absolute favourite because and I was I actually thought when I first thought of this, oh, I, I actually only got to like it a lot much later. But no, because it was fairly, it was by the end of the season that I, I, I was pretty uh, uh, much of the opinion that there'd been a, a, a very rare thing for me of three I don't give 10 out of 10 very often three 10 out of 10 stories in a row with Tooth and Claw, School Reunion and Girl in the Fireplace I think it's as good a run as Doctor Who has ever had uh, so with that in mind I'm not going to find it too difficult to have good things to say about this episode even though on the surface it's not an episode that necessarily contains all of the things I like or or maybe even contains a couple of things that I would think wouldn't have floated my boat but anyway let's uh, let's discuss that uh, as we uh, as we go through and we'll find out at the end what Catherine's favorite things are I have to choose my favorite things and I am on BBC iPlayer other ways of uh, digesting these shows are available I actually have those ways as well but this is the easiest one for me and i'm going to press select or play or whatever it is uh in three two one i I remember um just as this is loading up uh, i think there's uh yeah i i I remember uh stephen moffat i think uh that's a great opening shot what a beautiful building um oh and we'd seen some of this on on trailers um it's a great start isn't it 
Um, and I love Doctor Who in period costume and the BBC does this sort of stuff so well. Stephen Moffat begged us not to read the Radio Times preview because it said it gives something away. And I don't know if it gives away the horse coming through the mirror, which they'd alluded to in Doctor Who magazine saying a thing and a thing that was suddenly they weren't able to do it and he had to do a rewrite. I can't imagine it without that. Or I don't know if Alison Graham in her infant wisdom had said, it's set on the USS Madame de Pompadour. I don't know why. Um, uh, but either way, we were told not to read the Radio Times preview, so I duly didn't. Uh, and then I don't know if I went back and checked what it is it had given away. It's a great opening, great opening, because you go, okay, what, what, what's, how's the Doctor involved? And But, you know, we start off under attack. Uh, and, of course, in true Stephen Moffat style, the story isn't going to be linear, so we're now going to go back and build up to that moment, uh, which I, I like the use of in this. I'm, I'm not over keen on too much uh, time travel back and forth. I think it gets a little tricksy and sometimes dilutes the drama, but uh, uh, I, uh, I, th I think it works really nicely here. Um, I, and, and as I say, I think, I think, uh, I th I think the way that, that Moffat puts... This, these episodes together are, are so imaginative, such a clever use of Doctor Who's format. Um, and of course, Mickey is on board the TARDIS now. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I, you sort of, I, I sort of forget that this is on a spaceship because I think of it as being being the story with Madame de Pompadour but of course that's the that's the great ways it's an absolute fusion of uh, the futuristic uh, and the past and oh those brilliant aliens but this is this is this is such a good this is such a good uh, the Dagmar cluster I wonder if that the, the rival pub in EastEnders was called the Dagmar <laughs> um, so yeah this this was off the back of I'd 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 not I'd not I'd, I think I'd thought school reunion was going to be sort of canine and company again do you know what I mean and I just thought it was really predictable the idea that you'd bring back an old companion and I was so self-loathing I didn't want to talk to to do that but of course school reunion I absolutely loved uh, and uh, I will eulogize that when I get the chance to for this uh, somebody has claimed it but it isn't hasn't actually recorded their contribution um, yes, and I'm, I'm glad that with Catherine we have a, a female contributor and some listeners may go, it's not di very diverse contributors that Toby has. We sh there should be more women. I've asked, I think, as many women as men and many of those women have agreed but have still not recorded their thing. They've kept me waiting. So whether that says something about the women, women or me, I don't know. But the fact is I have asked great number uh, of of women, but I've had I've had more luck with ancient old white men, <laughs> so I don't I don't I don't know why, um, but uh, this is a story though. Actually, interestingly, that uh, I have in the past um, shown t to women in order to show them how good Doctor Who is. Uh, I remember I saw a girl very briefly and. Don't know why did I show her Doctor Who? I brought Doctor Who with me. 
she must have said, oh, I, I, we should watch one or something. I don't think I'd have, I don't think I'd turned up, you know what I mean, with a bottle of wine, packet of rubber johnnies and a doc, <laughs> Doctor Who DVD. <laughs> I, I mean, I could have done, but I, I don't think I had those moves. <laughs> um, but I remember showing this to a girl and her really loving it. And because and, it is, it's very, uh, I, I was going to, I did want to say magic door. He's great at all of that sort of stuff. Was it that line in Blink? It, it bings when the stuff. Um, oh, and uh, uh, and uh, and a uh, novel way of uh, dealing with the TARDIS translation, which is very handy because it answers those questions. Uh, and you know, this is this is Moffat to a T. Actually, it's you know, there's a doll's house there. It's a chi- it's a child in bed. This is to me. Doctor Who. This is, to, but it's Doctor Who, very cleverly, being Doctor Who on screen. What it was also to me as a, as a child. That's a beautiful shot. Uh, what, what it was to me as a child. You know, as a, a, a ch- you know, childhood of dark nights. I remember I lived in a country, in an old house in the country, um, and and you know when the wind rattled outside, you know, trees bashed against the window and I, I, I would sleep with my duvet wrapped around my neck because then at least um, when the vampires came to bite me I'd feel I'd feel the duvet did being tugged so at least I'd be able to I don't know what I imagined I'd be able to do but night you know night terrors and um, uh, and, and we have a bit don't we where something's under the bed or he's under the bed uh, and, and Moffat you know really taps into all of this with his with these so running through through a lot of his Doctor is is taking imagery or or something that we kind of know is scary, but like a crack in the wall. You know, I've, I used to scare stare at cracks in the walls in bedroom ceilings, um, and to, and to get those things that are sort of always there lurking that we sort of know about and acknowledge subconsciously and going yeah yeah yeah, but but just take a look again, a statue, a shadow. A crack in the wall, um, the idea of something under the bed. It's digging into not 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 only primal but but childhood things. Yeah, it is. It's something under the bed, isn't it? There's something under the bed, um, which I think, which is is such a a a, a, a oh, that's brilliant. Such because it's not only a scary moment, a thing grabbing grabbing you. But it's something under the bed. That is, that is a. It's not a cliche from childhood, but it's a. Again, it's a. Yeah, it's a sort of programmed fear. Uh, and the doctor, as the doctor did. I mean, although the doctor was the the purveyor of the the, the things that maybe frightened us as kids, but the doctor also made the monsters go away, even though he brought them with him, with with him, which we, we tend to forget. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's and and of course this sets up the question which isn't answered right until the end unless you've read Alison Graham. I don't know if she gave away the Madame de Pompadour bit. You are incomplete. Yeah, it's, and 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 so the plotting of this is is brilliant. Um, you know, it, it it all fits together like a jigsaw, like like or like clockwork. Um, these are great. I love the monsters um, because they're they're beautiful. They're scary. Uh, they've got the sort of blank face thing. They've got the similar sort of appeal of the robots of death in that they're a, a, a marvelous design, but they're impassive. But also, 
they they speak to the period as well um so again they work on i think every level um uh and it's always nice to have a is that a fire fire extinguisher G great at all of those sorts of uh you know take take the take the cliches and have fun with them um and he's so good at one-liners and these are i love that design inside the clockwork um oh and get the glasses out love it love it <laughs> How, he, he's not been the doctor long has he this is his what one, two, three, four, fifth episode, yeah. Uh, oh, and the monster's gone. But um, this, this really, I mean, uh, season one had been good and Eccleston was great. Uh, oh, Marigold's telling us it's funny. Um, I like Marigold's music, but I occasionally... I occasionally think that aren't we being a bit quirky now is is just a little but I suppose the scenes would be empty without the music but I I do occasionally think that uh, this is funny you know uh is is sometimes a little bit signposted um but that said I could listen to Mary Gold's music all day um and I and I think it really I think you do need to fill Doctor Who with with music I'm I I'm not a uh a, a resistor of of the music i sometimes think it's too loud in the mix but uh i like doctor who i i've always liked doctor who. i was listening to doctor who incidental music today as i walked around the park i was listening to the warriors of the deep suite oh my goodness i <laughs> i'm i i really am unsalvageable um going goodness how good yes so um it's established it's the same it's the same person as the uh as the uh girl that he saw before so we've got we're we're doing a bit of uh visiting somebody in different time periods um and uh, i think I, I think one of the reasons i i was uh, took a slight step back from this when i watched it initially is because i suspected M moffat was gonna was gonna have a a, a kiss or something a bit sexy going on uh and i i am resistant to the doctor f having um a love affair um i still don't quite know why that is i i, I don't think it's good enough to say well it did perfectly all perfectly well without having one for 26 years why does he need to do one now but and i do sometimes think moffat chucks that stuff in just to annoy people um like calling an episode the pilot when you've got an episode called the pilot missy doing a thing where she says is actually called doctor who um uh, and I, you know i i do appreciate that uh an annoying fans is is am is amusing but i but i also don't like being annoyed <laughs> uh so i i you know i can i can see both both sides of that um but you know, I, I, I'd I enjoyed the TV movie, but I hadn't seen the need for the kiss, although actually the kiss ended up not being too bad. The world ended up... The world didn't end. I mean, it nearly did, but he got a beryllium atomic clock. Um, and I've just snogged Madame Pompadour. It's a bit... 
you know it's de- it's deliberately sort of childish um but it it just meant that i was i don't know as i say i've been reluctant about oh the horse on the spaceship absolutely brilliant i, th- I as i say i'm i'm not comfortable with why i don't want doctor who having hanky panky um and of course this is a great piece of uh, plot what's going on why 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 have they got eyes in the in the equipment that is all explained very nice um and again the fact that this is slightly rompy is explained by the music going dimpy 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 um i've got i'm trying to articulate i th- i think because i i was not an uh, an active trouser merchant as a youth um you know girls were my friends rather than my lovers um I, I, you know, I sort of had that with with the Doctor, who was sort of chased, um, and and the fact that that stuff didn't even enter the Doctor's sphere of reference, I found quite comforting. And I, you know, yes, I knew he'd got a granddaughter, so he's got it in the back. Of, you know, so I, you know, that that sort of thing can have happened if we want it to, but it's not the thrust of the stories. And you know, with any long running series like soap operas and things it, it, you know you it would sort of test your patience slightly when people got together who you'd always wanted to get together but then you'd know if they stayed in it for any period of time then to get the drama going they'd have to break up and that that would spoil the getting together and uh, uh and, and actually for doctor to absent itself from all of that um angel Kulb is an excellent actress um small very small part in this and has gone on to have a good career and you can sort of see why she's very good uh and i she'd been in an episode of hustle in which she'd been really memorable i think as a as a as a secretary and a, and i remember seeing her in that and going oh she's really good oh and she's the one and i can't remember which came first this or that um uh, but she marked herself out and again it's a, another testament to uh and and prior i think you know seeming to know who's going to go on to have a good career or um, or maybe it's just we have lots of good actors in this country and uh, it's inevitable that many of them will pass through Doctor Who. Uh, we only notice the ones that do because there are plenty that didn't who've gone on to do good things, but we don't associate with them to Doctor Who because they never got to be in Doctor Who. But um, there's also a cut scene um, with the master of the horse, wasn't there? Who's, and the actor was the dad of Mally Harris, who's in Boomtown, but he ends up not being in it. And you sort of think, does he still sit there going, well, oh, they cut me out, but they promised they'd get me back in because they always do when things like that. I'm so sorry it's not worked out this time, but we'll definitely get you back in. And he still hasn't been back in. Uh, I feel sorry for Fitch in uh, in uh, Bad Wolf because in the commentary they go, oh, she's really good, Karen Winchester. And she is really good. And they say, oh, we must get her back and give her something. She might have been watching that at home going, oh, you see, yeah, brilliant. And it still hasn't happened. Um, it's cruel life being an actor. Um, but what was I talking oh, st- I'm still skirting around the issue of the Doctor snogging people. I think it's just because you have it everywhere else. And I love the Doctor and Rose dynamic, but that's because it never, it goes unsaid. And I think there's a, there's a tragedy in that. Uh, uh, but it enables us to play with the idea of a love story if we want one. But because it, 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 it it's not sort of consummated as it were uh for those of us that don't want doctor who to be about love and kissing uh but with the with the current you know with the current uh 
lots, see lots of internet chat of people so excited about the Doctor and Yasmin. Uh, and why would I want to take away their enjoyment of of that? And you know that speaks on many levels as well about uh, uh, you know representation that 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 has been lacking in television for so many years and all that sort of thing. You know why 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 would I uh, why 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 would I want to deny anyone their enjoyment of that when it actually doesn't take away from Doctor Who being a sun ro- fun rollicking science fiction adventure. So it's interesting. I, I, as I say, I'm just uh, uh, running, running through my DNA as an aversion to Hanky Panky and the TARDIS. Uh, and yet, when I watched this episode, or when I digested this episode, uh, I absolutely loved it. And I think again, it's partially because they, that they, they never get to do it. Um, this is Ellen Thomas. Um, but it's not Ellen Thomas, as some guidebooks would have you suggest, because I think her name is spelt wrong in the credits. She's Ellen with one L. Uh, she's not Ellen Thomas, the East Enders and uh, Planet of the Dead actress. I mean, look at her. You can tell it's not. She's a different shape. But people don't do that when they just... Anyway, let's not get into poor research. But Ellen is a Welsh uh, uh actress and dancer i think she's a dancer um she's actually a friend of mine on facebook although i don't think we've met um uh and i realized that she was i knew she wasn't that ellen thomas because it's obvious she's not that ellen thomas um but i wondered why there was another ellen thomas because equity doesn't allow two actors to have the same name um but then she was in one of the live shows uh, and was credited at the end of that with the one L. And I went, ah, okay, that's why. Um, so if you read any book that says Ellen Thomas's other credits include EastEnders, they've got the wrong one. Uh, and the voice is Emily Joyce, who's a fine actress, who was brilliant in a cracker as a murderer, but she's also, she was the wife in My Hero. Um, she's had a very good career, very fine actress, and pops in and just does the... Uh, does the voice of the, the 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 robot? But we've had quite a few few very fine actors just coming in to do a voice because it's easily done these days, even more easily done these days than then. Um, but this this is great, I lo- and I love all the bit about um, uh, Madame de Pompadour, you know, saying answer any and all questions, uh, and we're the same, and and this 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 great mystery i really like sophia miles i remember a friend of mine at the time saying oh she's she's too wooden she hasn't got it um which i don't buy at all i think she's got i think she's got the deportment of somebody at court and i and and i think she and and that, that sort of formal way that she speaks actually uh, uh, emphasizes her her um love for the doctor in a in a way that again that way that um, you, you can't they, they can't articulate it as we would articulate love these days which again gives a slight distance but also a slight um, a slight sense of sort of loss and detachment of that bond if that makes a weird sort of sense oh great yes uh, great so that's like a, a mid-episode cliffhanger very good so they, they've gone off to do their bit there and and I I really love this scene. See, I think I think this is why still smarting from the kiss maybe when they did this you go oh this is 
I love the intimacy of this. I mean, again, it's it's nonsense. It's like Vulcan death grip, but this is, you know, Vulcan mind meld or whatever. And I mean, it's nonsense in the sense of in, in real life, in nonsense, it works perfectly fine in Doc 2. And yet, despite the fact that we've got somebody here going into somebody else's mind, and I'm not a great fan of te telepathy either. I think it's a bit of a cop-out. And yet, under the right circumstances, and these are absolutely the right circumstances, uh, uh absolutely works and then the fact that she turns it on him lonely childhood oh you see so you're suddenly going no toby this isn't uh kissing and therefore not speaking to you about doctor who this is speaking about lonely little boys and <laughs> and then suddenly it's all about me <laughs> so it's i think it's very clever and it's and it's perhaps braver and bolder than I would have been uh, if I'd been handed the task of writing a Doctor Who script, having been a Doctor Who fan all my life, which is why you know Moffat is such a such a, a an excellent writer and uh, great purveyor of Doctor Who, Doctor Who, and I love a Doctor Who, but I particularly love that Doctor Who. I love it when they do a Doctor Who joke. Uh, I love Lady Painfort's Doctor Who, but I really like that doctor who and i love i love this see this is better to me than than a, a, a consummation of a of a sexual connection uh, or or anything like that 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 the intimacy of that moment of him delving entering her mind but then her also then seeing into his soul uh is is a, is a is a you know it's a genuine intimacy but creative out of science fiction nonsense but it's so truthful and it's and it's and it's so and, and it works as a concept i i adore that scene and i think and i think she does it well and he i mean he's faultless he's such a good actor um and this this gives rosa i feel a bit sorry f f for mickey um you know he has to be a bit hopeless to to emphasize how good rose is and and billy piper's very good at doing what i always think of, of when i think of barry letts describing elizabeth sladen's uh uh audition where he said lots of actresses came in were did were brave and lots of actresses came in and were, were scared she was the one that did brave whilst scared and she she was like that with uh billy piper was just like that with the clockwork thing when it got its its uh uh stanley knife out uh you know she was she was brave but obviously scared um see i wasn't even i wasn't even comfortable with the doctor being drunk he's much more sort of boyish and playful with the doctor um stephen moffat at, at, at this time than i than i think i was necessary i was comfortable with um but i don't know if that's not my fault um why do i why do i want the doctor to be slightly aloof from me why do i why do i not want him to do the things or desire the things of getting pissed and kissing girls why do i think the doctor should be a step back from that i don't know as i say it's uh because then when all of these things happened you know it didn't destroy doctor who for me so 
but I but I have to acknowledge the fact that I uh, I had a very uneasy relationship with that sort of thing, and I don't really think about it now unless I come to watch these episodes again. Um, but of course, the Doctor is buying time here to get uh, a a bit of uh, a, a bit of plot knowledge out uh, whilst pretending to be drunk. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Toby, get over yourself. Um, he was pretending all of the time, and actually, actually, a completely uh, logical way for the Doctor to behave, because the Doctor always uh, makes his enemies underestimate him. And who do you underestimate more than somebody that's a bit pissed? Uh, and that's what he was doing there. But that's just part of me going, why have you made it? And I only, I'm only, you know, I'm being honest about a, a lot of things that I've not thought about since I probably first watched this episode. But uh, I'm trying to convey that terrible... I still think there's a... The, the, in the DNA of a Doctor Who fan of, of, of my age is, is still always a worry that things won't be just so and just right. I mean, that's my mind as well, partially, is I think I, I, I think things, yeah, things need to be just right. Uh, and, and, but it's more the worry that they're not than anything that actually happens uh, that caused me the distress. So actually, the distress is only in my own stupid head. <laughs> and this time they're bringing back ahead. This is oh, this is great. This is built up really, really beautifully. Um, it's had some great comic moments. I think it's it's got brilliant monsters. Um, it's v it's very touching. Oh, it's and I think it's lovely that we get a a, a scene between Rose and uh, and Madame de Pompadour. It's, I think this is a good dramatic choice to to send Rose in so that the two of them. Uh, have a moment i think it would have been very tempting to get the doctor to come in um and there's that that, that beautiful line isn't there that the doctor is worth the monsters and that's you know and that's what we have we you know we we sort of like being scared you know that's what draws us to doctor what is that weird thing of enjoying being scared and that's why the doctor's such an interesting figure because as i mentioned earlier the doctor defeats the monsters but if 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 we weren't watching a show with doctor the doctor in it we wouldn't be watching the monsters uh, so the the doctor you know cures us of an ill that, that, that the doctor infected us with uh and i like the fact that this doesn't patronize madame de pompadour you know she and i didn't really know anything about her so also there's that great thing about being a but being a, 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 a history lesson but I I, 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 I love what it says about you know her being a, a remarkable person I, I'm you know always always wary of patronizing the past because because they don't have microwave ovens or uh, the Guardian or whatever <laughs> um, uh, and, and I think the fact that it, it, it shows her to be um, intelligent and resourceful and intuitive and sharp um the monsters and the doctor we can't have one without the other isn't that the lesson for life isn't it it's the the two sides of the same coin um happiness and sadness good and evil and uh 
you know one one throws the other into sharp relief and i think uh, i think maybe doctor who helps us to live with the monsters that life throws at us uh i think she's really good i yes i really do disagree with my friend uh who uh who wasn't enamoured of her performance and it's brilliant these porters it's, it's really clever the way that uh yeah the, oh and she gets to see and this is quite moving because there's, there's something about the fact that she she spends time she actually touches not the alien sands but the spaceship corridor it's not quite the same but um it's a bit sad actually that all she sees all she sees of space and time is a knackered corridor <laughs> but this is this is this is very well done because uh, it it needs to not it needs to not have the doctor in it this scene to actually give her her, her ooh, yeah i think i think this is great because she's she's you know she, she we've seen her as so capable but this is this is terrifying for her and 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 actually there's a real tragedy of having to and I love the way that it's articulated, the slow path, you know, is that she, she lives her life between, whole swathes of life between these moments. The Doctor is worth the monsters. I get, I, this story makes me very emotional. Um, and, 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 and yet it's, you know, it's entirely framed in a, in a construct of, you know, non, nonsense. Doctor is nonsense, you know, and yet capable of of being quite sort of profound and moving and i think and i think all of the emotion and the profundity is 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 framed brilliantly in a story that makes absolute sense um and and you know time time travel i can i can see why Stephen moffat is is drawn drawn to the time travel elements of Doctor Who, because there is something terribly moving about. I mean, I've, I've in the past couple of days, I've you know, I've I've looked at a story that I think of as quite recent, and I was fifteen then, and I'm forty eight now, so it's not that recent. But even and, and this, I think of as well terribly recent. It's new Doctor Who, and yet this is what two thousand and seven. So this is fifteen years ago. There are fifteen year olds who were born when this was on. Um, we don't have a truck, <laughs> and that's and 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 what we thought was the horse, which is comic relief, which is great comic relief. And I do like the music with the I do like the plonky plonky music with the horse. It does just seem to work. Uh, and we are French. I like that. I like the way she does it. Yeah. Um, and it's a production design. It's beautiful. Um. I think those costumes and those masks are extraordinary, and I love the way they move. Um, and she gets, she's really well drawn, and I, I love the fact that she gets these sort of hero moments. We should not require feet. That's <laughs> very funny. Uh, and of course, you, I'm sort of thinking now, she's gonna, but they can't kill her because she's from history. But something's got to happen because we know that the Doctor's not going to end up with her because. It's Doctor Who. Um, she's great. She's great. But uh, but but this whole thing builds. Up. I wonder. I mean, it, I wonder what they would have done. So will yours. 
I wonder what they would have done if they hadn't been able to do this because I'm sure I remember there was a time when they didn't think they were going to be able to do this stunt. And if you look really closely at it now, I think uh, I, I think you can sort of t- it's it's one of the few effects I think that is that is slightly probably data. I think maybe a kids brought up on television today might look at that a bit like uh, we look at sort of mid 80s CSO. I don't know. Um, but it's a brilliant moment and I like the little wink that he does uh, uh, and it's this is my love of the king of France <laughs> and I, I do quite like the fact that the doctor again it's not really my image of what the doctor should be like uh, sort of slightly defensive and sort of really wangling with, with the king of France but I do quite I do quite like it but that that the way the plot builds and all the pieces are in place to have one the doctor do the heroic thing of smashing through the mirror on the horse that we have seen seeded earlier as what we thought was comic relief goes through the mirror on those but also the fact that the mirror seals behind him is is a great confluence of all of the plot elements all of the character elements uh and and it gets us to the climax where we defeat the monster, but it adds another piece of jeopardy and how are we going to get out of this is that the Doctor is there trapped. So it's brilliant layer upon layer upon layer of storytelling, a very carefully placed and planned storytelling. And I'm not winding you up is an absolutely brilliant line. I mean, I I, I think... I think he's so good at, at piecing together Doctor Who stories thematically and in terms of plot and, and character. Um, this is such a good, such a good story. Um, and and you know, the Doctor's air of melancholy continues because he's you know yeah he's ended up here and he's ended up with her and he saved her, um, but he's he's cut off from Rose and mickey and the tardis and crucially us and you're going well we we know that he can't but how's he going to get out of this um and there's a real sense of and it it sort of takes you back to 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 old doctor you know i've watched a lot of 60s stuff recently and that the the idea that you know separation from the tardis was as much as part of the adventure as anything else um and and that you know forget monsters and adventure and, and bad guys if if suddenly the tardis is taken away from you you are stuck and that, that, that you know that could be often the th- sort of thrust of what a story might be about um and i i like i like these i like these uh, these bits of music the the, the little sort of it's like a the Madame de Pompadour theme is like a sort of little child's music box, isn't it? Which takes you back to her, her childhood bedroom. It's very, it's, it's very clever and very evocative and very sweet. Broken mirrors and torn tapestries. Yeah, that's very cleverly explained. I think. I'll pay for any damage. <laughs> I like the way he does that. Uh, 
bit vague. Yes, and and and, and suddenly the fact that this the the greatest threat to the Doctor now is 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 actually that he he doesn't actually know how to do anything and can't do anything. Stuck on the slow path. Oh, he's so charming, isn't he? He's such a he's such a great Doctor. Um, but even even this oh, this is so sad because she. I get, I get really upset by this. I'd forgotten I get upset. I think she's really excellent the way that she... I think I would have enjoyed the slow path. Oh, that's so sad. People doing the right thing, even though it's the worst thing for them, I find terribly moving. And, <laughs> and again, this all makes absolute sense it's it's the original fireplace so she instinctively knows therefore that that will get him back to the to the spaceship and i think it's the only bit now that doesn't quite although david tennant i think sells it brilliantly is that in his keenness to get back uh it's only as he's sort of zipping around that he realizes, uh, oh my God, what if, what what if I, uh, what if, what if I won't won't see her again? Which, as it turns out, he he won't. You sort of go, there's it's a slight brain fug from the doctor when he does this because she kind of knows, um, because she said oh, I would like the slow path. She knows, and that's always sadder when you know, isn't it? some reason um but i suppose actually it's this this is not as oh that look on his face he suddenly realized that this isn't as actually as oh he does look on his face but now he's still happy so he hasn't realized interesting so what's that look all about no because he still thinks he's going back i th yeah i don't know but actually his his zeal to make sure the connection worked, I, I think I, I I completely buy. So I didn't, so I don't think that's, I didn't think this time round it was as daft as maybe I thought. But then the fact that he still, he still hasn't twigged that when he goes back, it's going to be a different time. Um, yeah, I... It's maybe the only bit that doesn't quite, because it's such a, it's the, the plots of these, everything is such a clever jigsaw. That's the only bit that, that I, that I think I query, um, but. It, it's important because it, it buys you this great. Heart wrenching. Thing, of, him seeing her beautiful and vibrant and alive and young and emotional and and he zips around the corner in his fireplace and when he zips back she's gone uh and i think it's sad for sad for the king as well it's a nice it's a nice moment for this uh you know relatively minor character um and it's it's desperately sad for him and the doctor doesn't the doctor doesn't give him any comfort either. Um, you know, the doctor actually 
claims the moment um, and, and doesn't say yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sorry mate uh, and she was she was your lover uh, whereas you know I just snogged her at a stogger at the disco um uh and the fact that he doesn't say, get to say goodbye um and the fact that he misses her because of how time works but yeah he doesn't he doesn't he he doesn't show him that's very that you know that's that and it's 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 harsh but it also just shows how how hurt how hurt he is but it's nice that it gives ben turner the moment as 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 the king as well he's the one in focus and yeah that's really nice it's 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 really beautifully done oh dear and we don't know the answer we don't know the answer Probably, yeah, that and this is really clever that uh, they go away without the answer, and we we do have the answer in in the final shot, uh, which explains it all. It's just that the ship has got the same name. I'm always all right. Oh God, I think that's so sad. Oh, I've, I've wrecked tonight, and and I'm not one that particularly seeks my Doctor Who to be soppy. Do you know what I mean? I'm I. I don't think I am. I, I'd be perfectly happy with a Doctor Who that has no soppy moments in it at all. Although I get quite emotional when people are mortally wounded and say, leave me, I'll, I'll save yourselves, you know, or somebody stays behind to blow up a spaceship. That's the sort of, that's all I need to get me a little bit going. But but I find, I don't find this manipulative. I don't find it mawkish. I don't find it sentimental i know i i do have friends who 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 quite resist a lot of the emotional content of of more modern doctor who and i don't i don't know why i think it's it's not only legitimate i think it's important um that 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 that, that television is much more in tune now i think with you watch any television from the sort of 70s and 80s uh, you know the leaving of regulars is is sometimes really sort of botched and tagged onto the end not not just talking doctor who now there's, there's lots of stuff that doesn't quite have the sense of occasion that that telly does now and i don't quite know why um and there are exceptions of course and i'm not slagging off old telly i love old telly it's it's my meat and drink but I, I, I think our grasp, I, I, I think, you know, television does seem to have a, 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 a bit more of a, a, a an emotional thrust to its characterizations. And I and I, as I say, I do have friends who, who I know sort of resist that. Um, and I, you know, I. I can sort of see where they're coming from. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, though. I'm glad I'm not so um, entrenched in the way that everything was done in the old days that 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 that's too much of a shock so that even the kiss i end up kind of living with even though the drunkenness although it's not drunkenness i kind of don't mind or so many things that i thought would would be against my view of what doctor who was actually turn out not to be problematic um and that the, the, the problems were all in my head uh in what I thought they might do rather than in what they actually were and of course this was terribly exciting to see uh, the Cybermen come back of course because the Cybermen had not been back 
So this in of itself was like, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna see the Cybermen, um, which we don't fully see in that next time trailer. Um, but what a great final shot uh, that um, uh, the 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 you know the Madame de Pompadour. It's just it was the name of the ship. Um, and I think that's that's the sort of thing that a, a sort of non-science fiction person might go, well, I don't, don't know what that means. It was very simple. Uh, they thought they were the same as her because the ship was named after. And I haven't even mentioned the, because I, I mentioned, yes, the setup of the eye, but, uh, but you know, the fact that the spaceship is, you know, the fact it smells of Sunday roast is because it's got bits of people making up the spaceship. And that's just an incidental part of the story. But it's, it's great sort of... Um, plot set dressing uh that that uh, is, is is all a sort of is the story we don't see you know the person whose eye that was and heart that was the crew that they've got a whole other story to tell but their story is over but but uh but but they've they they add to the to the grimness of the scenario and we're only left to imagine uh which is, so it's brilliant i think it's it's so on point in in so many areas uh so what are my five things Oh, well, uh, I love the mind melt scene for, for whatever we call it, um, for the reasons that, you know, that there's a beautiful intimacy there made out of science fiction nonsense. And, and it, it makes it it's it, it makes it real and it makes it uh, very emotional. And, 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 and that connection with them, I, I totally buy that she's been in his head and he's been in hers. And the fact that she says Doctor Who in it too. <laughs> um, I love the the clockwork robots. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Um, I love the... I love... I mean, is it enough to say this... I mean, well, there's so much. It's difficult to sort of boil things down to a sort of constituent part, but um, I love the horse. The horse on a spaceship to me is doc is very Doctor Who. There's a horse on a spaceship, but then the fact that that is seeded in at that point and he's plodding along to the plinky plonky music and becomes the climax. Well, the climax of certainly the clockwork robot part of the story. There's then that beautiful coda. So, uh, yeah, I love the horse. <laughs> um, I, I, I love, I love the tragedy. I love the. I, the relationship between the, the Doctor and Madame de Pompadour and the fact that they have this great intimacy without it ever becoming sex, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I suppose you could have a missing adventure if you wanted one in between where he disappears with her and comes back apparently drunk. You can, I'm sure you can write your fanfic in the boudoir, but for me, that's, uh, that's not what went on. Uh... And so it does that very clever thing of, of of the doctor having a very intimate relationship with somebody else that that doesn't 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 bother us with any of the sort of 
uh, I was going to say physical ickiness, but that makes me sound like some sort of um, chaste prude, and I'm not those things. Uh, I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't want the doctor having sex. Sorry, uh, and this gives me that cake and eats it. It has that. It, it, it tells a really emotional story that you totally buy. That has that 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 very sad ending, and that is due to the. You know the the dynamic between the Doctor and Madame de Pompadour, and I think Sophia Miles is a is a great part of that. Um, uh, you know she's important to, to to that carrying off. Um, and actually, so I was going to say the jokes. You know Moffat's script writing is so witty. But actually, I think this time, what really spoke to me was actually the fact that she got a scene with, that she got a scene with Rose and got to touch the future. I found that rather moving, and I liked the fact that a bit of the story was given over to the two women, just having a moment, and the Doctor is worth the monsters. Oh, but I also liked the, you know, the monster under the bed fact that it ties in with childhood as well so hang on hang on hang on hang on i've gone for uh the scene with the mind meld yeah because i feel like i'm doing a lot of madame de pompadour stuff here i've gone for the clockwork robots which i think are great because they're yeah period costume beautifully designed outside and inside they're very elegant, but they're also very scary. They're a great Doctor Who monster. The love story, as it were. I mean, it's as simple just as that. Yeah, the the, the time-travelling love story. And as I say, I'm not always a great fan of timey-wimey shenanigans, but it, it, it works perfectly there. I think it works perfectly. But as I say, apart from that, that final moment where the Doctor doesn't realise the consequences of what he's done. But I think it... I think it buys that because of. I, th I, th I think I think we allow it because it because of what it buys us. Uh, and I said the horse. Yeah, not just because it's funny having a horse on a spaceship, but because of the way it builds up. So then the final thing, is it is it the scene with Rose and Madame de Pompadour or is it the fact that he so cleverly weaves it into our, into our child? Well, I've already had the mind meld and the sort of love story. So I suppose I can't have, I can't have everything. I can't just keep saying Madame de Pompadour, even though I like to think that, you know, in mentioning her twice, I'm, I'm sort of giving Sophia Miles her due as well. So I, I, I love that, that scene with Rose and her. But I think... I have to give the juice to, the, to to what I think Moffat does very cleverly, which is to tap into the fact that we largely, or maybe I'm just being personal, I came to Doctor Who as a kid in my bedroom. It's where I thought about Doctor Who a lot. And I was scared of monsters under the bed. I was scared of things rattling outside. And that, that, and, and that he, he so often, that's a thing that he does, he see so cleverly, winds his Doctor Who storytelling in with how a great many of us first encountered that storytelling which means you get sort of double the value out of it so I think I think Monsters Under the Bed 
would perhaps be my my final thing. I mean, I don't know why I spend so much time on these. I I, I, ne- I never win. I never I never get anywhere close. So let's see what Catherine has to say. Um, I think so. Uh, my favorite things, which I have to nominate apparently, because that's the the uh, the the whole premise uh, of this podcast. Um, is favorite thing number one uh suit and converse i mean you know they they mocked us at school um for wearing trainers uh they punished us at school for wearing trainers uh with formal wear you know lily allen was very much a trailblazer in that um regard wearing you know trainers with a lovely dress uh so was so was old david t um in, in his, I mean, I don't think he got to choose his costumes, but you know, like, let's sure, let's say it's him. Um, you know, I, like, because if you had to describe the outfit, you know, brown, brown pinstripe suit and trainers that fall apart, uh, at, you know, at, at the hint uh, of a puddle, it sounds beep, doesn't it? It sounds really <laughs> beep, and yet. He manages to carry it off uh, a look which you know we were all doing then um so yeah big big fan of that uh that's fun because um i actually uh, it's funny because i knew i'd seen converse around but i didn't actually own any converse and of course then i did get some converse i mean i was a grown man and i bought the clothes that the, uh, the hero of a children's television program wears oh dear uh, now, Catherine, I can understand, as because terrifyingly, she just said she was at school. Um, uh, oh God, this is somebody I work with. Do you know what I mean? I, I work with people who must consider me to be an ancient and nearly dead person. Um, David Tennant did get to, 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 I think, I think had a big say in 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 his costume, and I remember he he described it as geek chic. I think was it him that described it as that, which I think is a great descriptor, but. Um, and Converse trainers are fun, but actually they're not very comfortable. They're quite pinchy. And I, I wore them, I think, when I was on the road with Marseille, my Doctor Who scarf a lot. I ended up actually getting quite sore feet. So I think I would I would now wear Converse to, to break up a suit, which, yes, indeed, I have. And I, yes, I even wore sort of, I wore tartan pimp soles at my wedding day to break up the wedding suit. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't choose that because, of course, it's a, it's, it's a thing in every uh, in every story but it's a legitimate choice of Catherine um, but I'm also terrified that it's because it evoked her school days uh, second favourite thing about that episode uh, gotta be the clockwork beep and it you know them them steampunky bastards uh, I think they're great uh, you know because of all the outfits that you could wear I mean those were you know those dresses with the the big old hips smashing um really great uh i think i mean they are scary very scary with the little you know clockwork head things but i would say that like a venetian mask it i mean right so the characters act like that just fits in fine i am gonna call bullshit on that i don't think like you would notice wouldn't you someone just wearing like that 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 mask all the time you'd be like can you take it off please 
you know, if you're not allowed to wear a, a hat inside, you know, if that's bad form, um, then certainly wearing a full face mask all the time. I mean, maybe not now, you know, masks are actually seen as, as a good thing at the minute, but, you know, then it's a bit weird. Um, but I mean, still, I like their style. I'm not knocking it. Um, big fan. I wouldn't have nominated it, would I, uh, if I didn't like it. Catherine let uh, through the S word in her in her first choice. I thought I'll probably let that go. I, d- I tend to try not to swear on uh, on these podcasts. That dates back to my show Moth Set My Doc Two Scarf when taking any swearing out because I swear like a trooper in my stand up. Uh, just made the show come alive because it, it would have seemed so wrong effing and blinding as I did in early iterations of the show about something that goes back to my childhood so I try not to swear on these or the, uh, um, uh, just because I think it's a good default position to have but she said the S word and I thought well that's, that's, that's fine she's just called the robots clockwork uh, I, I will have bleeped out and part of the reason I'm probably saying this out loud now is to remind myself when I'm editing it just bear in mind what she called the clockwork robots and bleep it out. Um, so I, I might have just let the S word go, but um, now I think I'm going to be delving into this episode and, and bleeping out quite a lot of Catherine's contribution. I'm not sure I buy her criticism of the of the face masks because it's not like they're blending in um, in order in order to be uh, doing an act of subterfuge. They they sort of fit in with the surroundings in order to fit in with the surroundings but I don't think they're trying to kid anyone that they're actually people because they make their they, they make their intents known fairly quickly when he says you know there are creatures um uh but anyway um uh, I was amused I was amused by Catherine's dissection of that and also pleased because she chose something that I have chosen so actually two choices in and it's one all uh, this victory will not last it's not a victory this draw even a draw is 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 a temporary victory for me what's number three which will be something i haven't chosen i think uh as a teenager certainly this is my third favorite thing um as a teenager that kissy kissy scene with madame de pomplemousse uh i mean what a day that was because i'll be honest uh, the reason I got into Doctor Who was I had a crush on David Tennant. Um, so, you know, that it brought in all of my favourite things. Um, that And also, I mean, it's a weird... It was a weird situation all around, I suppose, for her, wasn't it? You know, uh, some weird guy appears behind a fire when you're a kid and just kills clockwork man what's hiding under your bed i hope i'm not spoiling it i hope you've all seen you've had time to see the episode i think uh so it's it's very much on you now actually if you're listening or watching anyway yeah i was a big fan of that um as a teenager you know i mean i liked the episode anyway it wasn't all based just on that one incident but um certainly it helped um and you know, she didn't. She got limited chances. Um, so, like, just go straight in with a kiss, I suppose. Uh, it, you know, if if he doesn't hang around much, does he? Uh, he's there when you need him, the doctor, and he, he he never 
you know, everything's got to sort of be on fire and dying, uh, and then it'll turn up. Uh, so, you know, I get why she was so forward, I suppose is what I'm saying. Uh, and I think that proves the point that uh, I was making, whereas I, as a whatever I am, uh, whatever I was then, I was grown up then, what was I? I was uh, uh, 2000, and, well, well, hang on, it's, it's 15 years ago, so I was, what, 30, 32, 33. Um, may have been resistant due to programming uh, of the idea of the doctor kissing anyone. And it's exactly the kind of thing that brought in an audience like Catherine that has made Doctor Who, you know, relevant and interesting and its and its fan base broader and its appeal more universal and its storytelling ambition, um, you know, of the right kind of scope for a 21st century audience and the ambitions of 21st century programme makers. So... Of course, that's brilliant uh, because, because again, it none of those things ultimately harmed my love of the program. Yet they introduced a new sort of dynamic or whatever uh, into it that was exactly the sort of thing that people like Catherine, of her age when she was a schoolgirl, it was their gateway into the show, or certainly the thing that you know. One of the things that that kept them there, um, and I think there's a lesson in 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 all of that. You know, if something, you know, if, if I'm not quite sure about something, Doctor Who will always still shine through for me. And if there's an element introduced that I'm not sure about, well, if it's being done properly by a good writer and uh, uh, and and doesn't lose sight of the fact that Doctor Who has to be a cheerful, fun science fiction adventure that's funny and scary and imaginative and clever all at once um whatever else it does uh it, it, it you know it might be doing for for for, for very good reason and uh, might have uh, be of great benefit to the show and also again why why because i'm a bit of a stuffy old geezer um worrying about that sort of thing should that then be denied that audience who've then you know brought so much to doctor who in terms of support and they will be the people that are creative and 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 you know nurture it and through all its future manifestations it's exactly how it should be and as i say i don't actually mind the kiss now look at me being so grand i don't mind you can have the kiss as i say it's not necessarily what i look for uh in doctor who, but he, he he balances it well enough that you could sort of say, well, they kissed, but they, she kissed him. Uh, and, and his response is quite sort of childlike. And it's not, I snogged Madame de Pompadour. Uh, it's not a confident teenager doing that, is it? Um, or it is, it is a teenager doing it, not a, not a grown person. So therefore, that makes it slightly more chaste. And therefore, it's not, yeah, it's not sexy. And that's, yeah. And that's what I want. Not sexy is what I want. Give me not sexy. Give me a give me a best not sexy, please, Doctor Who. Uh, and yet, it's as I say, uh, it, it's 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 totally what uh, what Catherine wanted when she was a 
you know, very much the sort of target audience that Doctor Who needed to be bringing along with it. And I would have watched anyway. And I did. And I loved it. So, perfect. Um, my fourth favourite thing, uh, I would say, uh, Horse and a Spaceship. Uh, classic, classic Who. Uh, and it, you know, like, uh, why was it there? Don't know. Uh, Arthur, I think he was called. Um, good lad. Uh, why was he wearing a saddle? Um, I mean, it was helpful that he was. I don't, I don't think he was big enough to smash through a solid mirror. Um, I mean, he did, didn't he? Good lad. Unscathed as well, actually. Um, so that was, you know, good on him. Good on him for getting through that amount of glass uh, with barely a scratch on him. And, you know, I suppose, like, houses amongst the rich then were big enough to accommodate a horse. Because I think if you, uh, if a horse smashed through the mirror in my house, we would have a job getting getting that horse out of here. Um, so I suppose it was lucky, really, Um you know, that they were existing in that time. Um, because, you know, like, imagine trying to get a horse out of a flat in Gilburn. You wouldn't get it down the stairs. You know, I hope it'd be like that scene in Friends, wouldn't it, where they're trying to pivot the sofa. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad he was there, and I hope that he lived a, a happy life afterwards. Um, you know, and he, he got he got ridden to his heart's content. Oh, well, this is exciting for me. Um, anyway, uh, it's too all. I'm on the cusp of victory. This rarely happens. Uh, in fact, it's happened once. Didn't I? I won with Love and Monsters. I've been on the cusp a few times, then blown it. I, I still rankle that I didn't win with Jim Sankster on the, the, cave, the Caveman episodes. Um, when I should have chosen the regulars. Of course I should have done it. It's the first story. And they're so great in it. And I chose something else. I think I chose something ridiculous as well. Like the contrast or something. <laughs> um, uh, the font. <laughs> the, the font on the VHS. Um, so, um, you know, st I've still chosen th three things. So what is it? Uh, it's uh, the love story. That's a bit. It's a bit sort of tenuous, that though, isn't it? Uh, the the Doctor Who scene, the mind meld scene, and uh, oh, the child, yeah, childhood nightmares. If she now chooses the scene between Madame de Pompadour and Rose, I'm going to smash everything in this house to pieces. <laughs> there we go. So I won't overreact. Um. And finally, I think my fifth favourite thing, uh, it's got to be a fire extinguisher gun, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, because guns are cool. I know they're bad. I know they kill people. But they're cool, aren't they? And fire extinguishers, they're not cool. And I just think that I would have listened a hell of a lot more in all fire safety training if, it was like, here's the fire extinguisher gun. I'd be like, yes. 
this, please. More of this. Um, you know, and it, it stopped the clockwork Beep. as well. Briefly, but, you know, enough. Um, you know, it, it looks cool. Uh, what's not to love? Can I have one, please? Um, and, and thus ends my uh, nominations. Um, you know, big, big, big fan of that episode. Big fan of all of it. Uh, Toby of the future. There was another c word there. Edit that out. Um, uh, and Catherine, I think, has yes, has 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 been much more light-hearted in her approach to me. So funny, so interestingly, that all the all the sort of love story stuff, uh, the intimate uh, stuff that uh, I bought into, as the, uh, yet as the sort of becardigand old guy. Uh, Catherine instead went for uh, uh, the fire extinguisher gun. Um, so, so near and yet so far defeated by a prop. Um, but there we go. Uh, but it's uh, it's been fascinating to get Catherine's uh, take on that. Gosh, so she was at school whilst I was a man with two children uh, when that was on. Oh, dear. Just a... Uh... It was, it was just prior. Yeah, it was prior to me doing Moth Saint My Doctor Who scarf. In fact, I was. Yeah, I wrote Moth Saint My Doctor Who scarf in the shadow of this, this series of Doctor Who. Funnily enough. Um, anyway, Catherine's going to tell you about herself. She's a great comic. I've worked with her a few times. I can't remember why how we got onto the fact that she was a Doctor Who fan. She might have mentioned it on stage. But anyway, we got chatting, and I said, "Well, please do my podcast," which she did. And uh, so if you don't know Catherine Mather, the comedian, this is what she's about. If you want to find me, um, please don't come to my house. But I do have stuff on, uh, online. Um, I, do, I do my own podcast. Uh, it's called Zero Hours Podcast. Uh, you can find me on iTunes uh, or on Twitter uh, at podcast underscore hours. Um, some other uh, podcast called Zero Hours uh, took took Zero Hours uh, the bastards. Um, but yeah, I I interview uh, comedians about the best and worst jobs uh, that they've they've had to do whilst trying to p- pursue comedy. Um, I, uh, I I am on social media as a standalone individual. Uh, I, I'm at Cathmouth Comedy on Twitter, and I have my own website too. Uh, it's CatherineMather.com. Uh, and I also do um, some videos uh, with fellow comedian called Sean Patrick. Uh, it's called Two Mins of Pat and Mav, where we uh, just ask silly questions uh, and give silly answers. And we release those like twice a week. It's an awful lot, actually. Um, but I mean, you know, there are an infinite number of questions uh, in the world, aren't there? And, and we'll find them all. We will find all of the, the questions uh, and, and give ridiculous answers to them. Um, and I built a TARDIS too, um, which I think is why Toby asked me to do this podcast. Uh, so I, I did videos, they're on my website if you want to see, uh, about how to how to build a half-sized TARDIS. Um, but thank you for having me, Toby. Um, it's been a pleasure, uh, as always. Um, au revoir. Thanks, Catherine. Um, so check out all of those things that she plugged there. Um, 
and I think it's great that uh, you know the the appeal of Doctor Who has has sort of spread far and wide. You know, it it, it was true that that you know what was it, is it Clive's wife says uh, she's a girl and she's interested in the Doctor. Um, that you know that the pool of people to whom Doctor Who appeals is a much wider one now and that is to its benefit and to our benefit um even if we think we won't like the things that happen as a result uh and that's just because well fear makes fools of us all um and as i say i'm, I'm not i'm not calling anybody out on this i'm i'm addressing my own i'm just trying to be honest about my own m any misgivings that, that I have and I'm always full of misgivings I'm always worried Doctor Who's going to be awful uh, and that everyone will hate it or worse that everyone will like it but it won't be what I deem to be Doctor Who and actually it always ends up being Doctor Who really um, you could say I know there are some people that don't think things like the Seeds of Doom is Doctor Who um, I, and it's one of my favourite stories, but I can understand their argument. Go, actually, there are certain things that happen that are, are more like the Avengers than Doctor Who. It's not really Doctor. Who. I know there are some people who might say that Inferno is not, you know, proper Doctor Who in the way that slightly more fantastical. That, and I love Inferno. Um, so if you if you're inclined to not like something, you could sort of say there's lots of things you could say aren't Doctor Who. Um, but I think my main you know, concerns are always, I don't know. I suppose there are certain, certain things that, you know, I would hold sacred and, and the hanky-panky element is, is one of them. But it's never quite, it's never quite gone that far. As I record now, there's still time for, uh, as I record this, the 13th Doctor and Yaz to get right down to it. <laughs> uh, so who knows? Um, but if they do, the world will keep on turning. Um, but actually, the, in, in that story, I think it, it, it uh, has its cake and eats it uh, in, in that it, it, it has all the benefits that of, 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 of the sort of love story that so, so pleased teenage Catherine and so worried grown-up Toby. And yet, it has enough of not having them in that they you don't see they don't go to bed together and blah, 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 that it satisfies whatever my prejudices or concerns about that are so i think it's i think it's clever and i think it's playful but but most of all it's a terribly moving very funny expertly thought out and rendered piece of doctor who it's not what i imagine doctor who could or should be it's not a particularly traditional Doctor Who story. And yet it does things that you can only do in Doctor Who. And it does things that I think only Stephen Moffat can do in Doctor Who. And, and does them so very, very well. And as I say, a culmination of three stories in a row. Tooth and Claw, School Reunion, Girl in the Fireplace. All very different, but I think all excellent, excellent examples of Doctor Who. And as, and as, and as good a run in uh in the show as 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 has been in the show i think i think i might go um 
Robots of Death, Talons and Horror Fang Rock as another, but there's a season break, isn't there? As another three tens in a row. I don't know if there are many. I don't know if there's another. I don't know if there's another occasion. Anyway. Um, God, that was quite long. Oh, God, it's nearly three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I've spoken for a long time. You've... I'm very sorry to have taken you along the slow path, but um, thank you very much for spending your time in front of the fireplace with me. What a brilliant piece of Doc 2. Thanks to Catherine Mather, my guest. Thanks to you for listening. Happy times and places to you all. Goodbye. Thanks ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places which is always, I'm afraid, presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest on this occasion was Catherine Mather, who can be found on Twitter at CathMathComedy. CathMathComedy. She is not the only person to whom I am grateful. There are patrons who make these podcasts possible. And they include Len Stewart, Neil Tate, Nick Temple, Sabrina Tirabassi, Reynard Toombs, Apollo C. Vermouth, Gary Wales, Adam Westwood, Rich Wiggins, Michael Williams, Andrew Willis, Andrew Wilson, Stephen White, Adam Parker, James Bell, Lee Wakeley, Drew, Stephen Smith, aka Dalek Fan, Fraser Gregory, Risto Mitty Sarillo, Peter Blackett, Andy Parkinson, and Joel Ahrens. The music is by Dave Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. Well, don't take the slow path to listen to these. If you're listening to this and you are not a patron, uh, which you can be, by the way, at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke, you are listening to this, I should think, six months after the people who listen to this as patrons, because they are six months in advance of happy times and places. Oh, what have they listened to that you lot haven't yet? Um... Oh, I don't actually know because I haven't recorded them, but I think there's, oh, Gavin Rymill on Silver Nemesis, Chris Cassell on The Five Doctors, Steve O'Brien on Boomtown, Full Circle writer Andrew Smith on The Dominators. They'll all have been listened to by patrons uh, whilst you are toiling away in the past, probably listening to, oh, I don't know, Eisenbart Kingdom Brunel talking about Terry and June. That's how back, that's how long ago you're loitering in time and space. But anyway, um, if you would like to become a patron, please do. It's £3 a month, gets you access to most things. There are various trinkets that, uh, that sort of lure you higher up the ladder, but most things uh, are available at the lowest tier because I don't like the idea of withholding anything. So uh, £3 a month and you also get 10% off any tier if you sign up for a year in one go. That's at patreon.com forward slash Toby Hado. There's bonus material, there's special access, all sorts of other bits and bobs, and you get your name mentioned in the credits. Uh, if you do not fancy signing up or committing to a monthly thing, I understand that, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. And if you think I sound needy or hungry or just in need of a bit of a boost of some kind up the chocolate bar or metaphorical, I've used that joke before, sorry, um, then, then please do. But I know times are tough. I really do. And I'm very grateful to you for listening to these. Uh, and if you want to do something to help that costs you nothing, you can go to iTunes or to wherever you get your podcast 
podcasts and give these a five-star rating and perhaps a few nice lines of review to give passing punters a flavour of what these are all about and perhaps, you know, lure them into the Haydoke sphere. Uh, and uh, uh, any kind words you can put out there on social media really help as well. These have their own committed Twitter stream at Haydoke Podcasts, and I am also on separately at Toby Haydoke, where I don't just talk about the podcasts, I talk inanely about other things as well. Talking of talking inanely, that's what I actually do for a living. I'm a stand-up comedian. I run a comedy club called Excess Malarkey in Manchester that is on 8pm at the Breadshed every Tuesday. It's been going every Tuesday for the past 24 years. We hit 25 in September. But there was a pandemic, and so we couldn't be live uh, in the flesh. So we were live online, and we set up a comedy channel on twitch.tv forward slash Excess Malarkey that we still broadcast from on the first Sunday of every month at 8pm GMT and also there has an archive of uh, the various bits and bobs of shows that we did during the pandemic when we continued our weekly quest to at least put a smile on some people's faces. So, Catherine, I had to bleep out there. I said it's an interesting one, then, isn't it? I'll tell you where all this comes from. When I did my show, Moth Saint, my Doctor Who scarf, I did as much swearing as anybody else. I might have mentioned this in the podcast, but I've been, I've been mulling this over because I, I am no prude. I've, I've got a filthy tongue. I swear more than I would like. It's a disappointment to me that I effing blind and uh, drop the drop the C bomb and all sorts uh, in every day. Just when I'm talking about, you know, cooking or fish um but for some reason i i don't know i i feel just in a way that in, in, in also in the way that i sort of feel about doctor who and nookie in a way when when you can't do the things that a lot of things do so when you can't fall back on love stories or you can't fall back on swearing as a form of expression i think you have to be sometimes more interesting but there's also an element of uh, do as I say, not as I do, uh, in that, you know, I, d- I don't actually like, you know, swearing in front of kids, although I've very often sworn in front of my own. So it's all hypocrisy. Manners are basically, <laughs> they're basically a lie, aren't they? They're sort of saying under circum- certain circumstances, don't do what you would ordinarily do in order to maintain that you are more civilised and have more decorum than you actually have. That's terrible, isn't it? That's terrible. It's all a sham. And yet, nonetheless, uh, it's a sham I shall try to maintain because the truth is one thing, but standards are quite another. And and so and if you don't like it, you can off.